0: Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Peerless Podcast. I'm Mike, and this is
1: Orlando, and we're on episode one twenty
0: six. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. And the nice thing is, um. Sometimes- that- that wasn't that you was did, I was all in my head, and then you throw us off with the random intro. Well, you know that's what like if you were listening to that and you thought, oh, maybe they forgot to cut that out of the editing. We didn't. That was a purpose countdown, a purposefully purposeful man. I can't even talk today. That was a purposeful countdown uh, to the episode because today we are talking about the five second rule by Mel Robbins in our level up review. And as you see, Orlando has the beautiful hardcover there. And I have a printed out PDF because I bought the digital version and the audiobook book uh, just to consume it a little faster. Uh, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I do OK with the uh, the printed PDF version. And In case you're wondering, this is actually episode 127. See, I, that's why I said something like that. I didn't want to embarrass you too much. I was ready. And then. But you're
1: right, though. Like, well, you're not right. Mo Robbins is right. So we'll talk about this later that that five, four, three, two, one breaks down everything like it interrupts your thought process. It interrupts your yep. thought process, right? Because I was right in the middle to go, episode, da da da. And I'm like, what is going on? But hey, we keep it real. That's right.
0: Yeah. So today we are talking about uh, the five second rule, which is funny because I've seen, and I mentioned this if you listen to our other podcasts, um, you know, I've, I've watched her TED Talks and I've seen her on some other um, podcasts and a, a, a couple of other YouTube videos where she kind of explains this book when she's kind of on her book tour. But what I didn't know. I didn't know much about her. I didn't realize like she has like a daytime show like on actual TV. Did you know that? No, but I heard her talking about stuff on here. Your- well, because I was, I was, I think I was looking for a NASCAR race or something one day, and I'm, or, I don't know, maybe it was during the middle of the week. I don't know. I'm flipping through my TV, and I never do that because we don't, we don't really have TV. We just have like the antenna, satellite, or not satellite, but the antenna, like whatever, just comes naturally, and it's not it's in our fifth. The wheel. digital tuner. Yeah, yeah. So it's in our fifth wheel. So it's not even something we set up. Um, and so occasionally we'll put on KPBS or whatever. You know, like little broadcasting for the kids, they have cartoons for my son, but I was looking for like a NASCAR race or something, and I see her, she's got like a full-on talk show, like a, like an Oprah Winfrey, like during the middle of the day on TV, so I was like, I don't know if that makes this more or less like... <laughs> like everything we're saying is irrelevant and everybody's all about it? Yeah, well, no, not necessarily just that, but like, I don't know, like I've always had this feeling, like anytime, and I, I'm I'm probably offending a lot of our listeners right now so oh, Orlando's probably like please sort of do this. here but like try whenever carefully. I see people on tv I mean obviously you've got people who've been very influential who've come from daytime tv shows that have done really well and, and are actually have contributed a lot to communities uh, but you know sometimes you see some of these people and you're just like man these guys just seem scammy you know what I mean like you mean like sellouts is that, is that where we're going? well here? like maybe sellouts are like I mean I know and this is where I, I feel like I might offend some people but like Doctor Oz to me has always been like one of the most annoying guys. Like I feel like half of the stuff Whoa. he says is very gimmicky. I don't think we've ever called out anybody. That's true. I'm I'm doing it. I'm this getting real. This is a podcast first.
1: But what if what if for some reason we end up like you know? So I mean, not
0: that it's going to happen. But what if we did? Yeah. So if you want Our- to see us on a daytime TV show. You know, I think it'd be right after Jerry Springer. No, no, no. no. uh, Between Jerry and Maury, yeah, Yeah, that's what I mean. Like you know, sometimes those shows. I
1: think that's a whole different. That that is,
0: that is. But there are, you know what I mean. Like that was
1: a lie. Like no, we don't need to have those kind of episodes. So man, I have not watched those shows since I was a kid cutting school. You know what I mean? Like whenever you cut school, like it was always Jerry. Maury and like
0: all no, these Price is right. Sick Price day? is right. That's right at 10 a.m. That was always the best, man. I was like, oh, I'm sick. I get I get a sick day from school. Price is right. Like that was like oh that was the deal. But you know, it, it always made me want to go to school because as much as I loved being at home,
1: now that's a day when like no, there were video games. I don't know. I just always liked going to school. It was weird. Not for the grades. I went for that two. I only went to school for sports and girls. That's all that mattered to me.
0: Mm. So, anyways, you could just say socialization. You
1: know, no, I mean, that's all that mattered. Uh, yeah, socialization. It was fun. All right, it was fun. I don't know. Anyways, what are we talking? So about? yeah, I probably, right, we're talking about the five seconds. Yeah, world. so I
0: probably introduced that terribly. Since since I, I think I it's been a train wreck since the beginning. No, this isn't a train wreck. <laughs> our our listeners know that everything that we put out is polished, beautiful, well produced. We are like top notch. We've got our our team here helping with our production. Our team. <laughs> Yeah. So behind the scenes, we've got our, all of the people Producers staring at us right Uh now,
1: right behind the camera.
0: Pointing at their watch saying like, come on, move on, move on. All right. Next cue card. All right.
1: Five second rule. So this book was surprising to me.
0: Why was it surprising to you?
1: Just because, you know, technically you could be like, all right, count to five, four, three, two, one. You got it. Right. What more is there? Right. Why does there have to be, you know, 200 plus pages to a book? Right. And I think it was good. I think in the sense it was good that, yes, there are some things that, you know, she kind of goes over and over and over again, but the stories in between. So an example which reminded me of was when we read, uh, i we going to throw in Gary Vaynerchuk here, uh, his good boy, his crushing a book before we did the podcast. And I remember I said, hey, I'm going to pick this book up. I'm going to see what it says. And that book, like you get the gist of the book probably by watching just one of his episodes, right? like one of his YouTubes, right? Just it's basically consistency and volume over quality and, you know, perfection isn't as important as making sure you're always out there putting out content. But the examples that are given throughout, like inspire you, give you good reminders, point to things that like, huh, okay, I get that. And that's exactly what I think Mo Robbins does in this book is that she gives examples that hits various kind of people in different stages of their life.
0: Yeah. Cause a lot of times you read something and it's like, that's a good principle, but how does it apply specifically to my situation? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so there's so many anecdotal experiences in here that you can, there's probably going to be one that's going to resonate with whoever's reading it, right? Like you're going to read this and say like, Oh, like that story is similar. I, I can relate to that one. Maybe I don't relate to this one, but I see how the principle could apply in similar areas of my life. So yeah, the anecdotal stuff is great. And then also, um, You know, I'm a fan as a teacher of the idea that repetition is the key to learning. And I know that there's reasons why that isn't always the case. Like it's You can't just do rote memorization, right? Like that isn't the right thing. You got to move beyond that. But at the same time, in any area of life, like a lot of times, the the thing you're devoting yourself to and the same message that you hear and the, the more you're willing to hear that same message, the more likely it's going to sink into your life and become a part of something you actually apply, right? So if I were to just tell you right now, going back to Gary V, like, hey, just put out more content. Don't worry so much about the quality, just get as much content as you can, see what sticks. And I were to say that to you one time, it would be like, okay, cool. But that might not stick. Mm -hmm. But if I I say that a hundred times, 300 times, and you're purposefully listening to it over and over, it almost becomes just something that just is ingrained in you because you've heard it so much. So yeah. So part of this book, you know, in some ways is a little bit repetitive, but I like, because we're going to do the first eight chapters today. Um, is once we get to chapter eight, she actually breaks it up in the book into I think three parts. Once you get to chapter eight, it's more of like, okay, now how do we apply this to different parts of your life? And so then the, the the second episode we do on this will be, I think, a little bit more like strategic on like, okay, how do you apply this in workplace? How do you apply this in relationships? How do you apply this? Whereas the general rule, like it makes sense for like small things, but it's like, yeah, but how would this affect a relationship? How, how would I use this in, you know, fill in the blank, more, more serious situations. So yeah, I think, I think it's, it's good that we, um, that there is a little bit of repetition, but I think there was enough anecdotal stories that kind of just kept your hook. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Mel Robbins story, she kind of explains it in the beginning. Um, but just to kind of give you the idea of where this five second rule is. So, so essentially the five second rule just right up front is whenever, you know, you should do something like the right thing that you should do when you get to that point, Oftentimes, if you allow your feelings, emotions, whatever, thinking to get involved, you'll stop yourself from doing the things that you know you should do, but are hard. So you start a countdown, five, four, three, two, one, go, and you do it. And the countdown is the thing that kind of gets you going. And her story was her life was falling apart. This is just a quick summary. We'll go into a little bit more depth. Her life was falling apart. Her marriage was falling apart. Her career was falling apart. And she was becoming almost alcoholic. She was drinking too much. Uh, She wasn't getting out of bed when she was supposed to get out of bed. And one day she just saw a rocket launch, like a NASA rocket launch. She was flipping through the channels and she saw the countdown and she goes, that's it, Mel. That's what you're going to do. You're going to five, four, three, two, one and rocket yourself out of bed in the morning because she was just hitting snooze over and over. And then her kids were late. And then she felt like a terrible mom and all of these things. And it worked. And she just started applying it more and more. And that's why we have the five second rule. And it has nothing to do with how long you can wait before you eat something that fell on the floor.
1: But here's the thing. I want to, you know, take a few steps back to and you're wondering, like, how is this related to reselling? I think it's 100 percent related to reselling because reselling is one of those things where you have to find that motivation, whether it's getting up early in the morning, whether it's listing, whether it's sourcing, uh, whether it's just taking action. So we'll talk about that. And that's what I like. You know, she starts off right away very first page you change your life one 5 second decision at a time in fact it's the only way you change right and so that is very true because how many times have you just waited too long and actually this made me think about it a little bit more that whenever i'm making a decision i, I i'm going to time it like mm. does does my mind frame change within those 5 seconds i do think it does
0: i think even if you were to to to, to take the the step of timing your decision that's automatically gonna interrupt some of those thought processes going on, right? So just that alone might make a difference. Like, okay, like, I've got this feeling, I shouldn't do this, let me start a timer. Like, you're already starting to interrupt those negative thoughts of like, I shouldn't, what if they say no, or what? If, so that that alone might actually interfere with your scientific, you know? But um, I I think this is true. I've always lived by this, this, I can't say I always have lived, but I've tried to live by this mantra that I heard somebody say one time, and I thought it was so great is act like the next decision you make is the most important decision in the world. So, um, for instance, smoking, right? Like, I used to smoke cigarettes back in the day. I don't know if I ever said that on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Always something new. Yeah. So, Always um, something new. So, I, I It's, used been, it's to, been a while, though. It's been a while. Oh, gosh. Long, long time. No, no was, it's been a while since you shared some random oh, facts from Mike's life. Um, so... And I remember like, even with things like that, like it's so hard. Like when people think of giving something up or making a big life change, you're often thinking like, I can never eat another donut again for the rest of my life if I'm trying to lose weight, or I can never. And you start thinking in these like big macro long forever things. And I think it is important to have those long-term goals. But if that's what you're thinking, it's almost daunting. But if you were to say like, the next decision I make is the most important decision. And you just take each decision one by one. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing tomorrow, but the next time I have this you know, temptation to do this thing. I'm trying to quit. Or the next time I, I decide to hit the snooze the next, I'm just going to act like this next decision I'm about to make is the make or break moment for my life. And then I make a good choice. And then the next time a decision comes up, it's like, okay, this decision is the most important decision. And so I think the five, four, three, two, one rule kind of, you know, encapsulates that. It's like, don't think about big forever things. Just know what you need to do now, count down and do it, move into action. Yes. And I'm just I'm, I'm thinking about
1: how we miss that all the time. Mm. Right. I mean, I you know, if you look at page 24, I really like the story that she shares from a commencement speech that's given at a college. And so it talks about Dave Foster Wallace given at Canyon College 2005 and, and gives the story about these two fish that are swimming along and they happen to meet an older fish and, you know, who nods at them and says, morning boys, how's the water? And the two young fish swim for a bit. And then eventually one of them looks over at the other and goes, what is water? Mm. Right. I mean, I, you know, I took out some language in there, but ask that question and it's just, and you know, she follows up with you can hear the audience laugh in the video. And then Wallace explains the immediate point of the fish story is that the most obvious important realities are often the ones that are the hardest to see and talk about. Yeah. Right. Cause you know, initially, you know, I was talking about this with my son. I go, I mentioned him the five second rule. He's like, dad, like five seconds. Like, yeah, you just got to take action in five seconds. All you need. And you know, when you're a teenager, you know it all, right? True. But it's so true. Like I'm looking at this and I'm reading these stories and I'm like, maybe it is that simple.
0: Mm.
1: Right. And I'm not saying that this is, you know, it's like every, every book that we've read outside, I think the richest man in Babylon, uh, has the, this is the end all solution to everything. Mm. Right. Whether it's Grant Cardone telling you to 10X everything and it'll right. apply to every part of your life, whether it's, you know, split the difference, negotiating as your life depended on it. And, you know, Chris Voss, I think he may be right that this applies to every aspect of your life. This book claims to do the same, but I think there's value in it. because She talks very much about courage and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. But
0: go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, yeah, so I think that's great. I think, um, you know, sometimes we don't recognize when you're in this situation, how important it is. And and she does talk about courage. Um, and one of the things that she mentions um, is every single day we face moments that are difficult, uncertain, and scary. Your life requires courage. And then exactly what the rule will help you discover the courage to become your greatest self. And I think I love that idea. And going back to like the next decision you make is the most important decision you're going to make. The other one that I kind of think by is like, what is my ideal self? What is the mic that I want to see as a 40, 50, 60 year old man? It's like, that's the That's the guy I want to be. And so I I try to think like, what would he do in this situation? Not who I am now, but the guy I want to be. And that takes courage. It takes courage to say like, there might be areas in my life that I need to face. I need to confront and decisions that I have to make that the easy thing to do would be probably the wrong thing to do. Right. And so it, it takes courage. But the nice thing is, you know, a lot of times it's small things. It's little decisions you make. And so the five, four, three, two, one, I'm going to make this decision right now. And you don't let yourself, you know, I, I think she does. it. She, it's interesting because she she uses the word feelings, I think, in two different ways in the book, which um, can be a little bit frustrating because it's it's very much like trust your gut, your instinct. You know what's the right thing to do. Um, but then at other times, it's like, don't follow your feelings because your feelings are the things making you make bad decisions. You've got to go off the thing that you know is right. And so there's like this balance between like what you know is right and not, not based off of feelings, but then a certain amount that's like the thinking can actually be thinking based off of feelings and not really what's good for you. So you kind of have to balance that and and to do that takes a certain amount of courage. I struggled with that concept and we'll talk about that later on because I think there's some contradictions
1: in there yeah, or maybe I didn't read it right. I don't know. But before we get to that, let's get to the next chapter.
0: Oh, no. I, 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 oh, I, you got one more? Yeah, man. Oh, man. All, All right. Me. Let's go. Um. So... Um, Anyways, she says this t- towards the end of, of the first chapter says, um, I was the problem. And in five seconds I could push myself and become the solution. That's so tough. Yeah. And I think that's important too, is it's we so often, tough. we often can be in a place where you blame everything, everything is your fault. And and she even explains like with her marriage and things falling apart, like, you know, it was easy to say it's, it's my husband's fault. It's this, it's these situations. It's the bad deal that went down. And, but oftentimes we we become our own worst enemies, right? Like if you're, if you know it's a diet thing, it's the decisions you're making. Even if it's like, whatever, if it's, if it's a habit you're trying to break, like you can be your own worst enemy a lot of the times. And so when you recognize I'm the problem in this and I need to find a way. And in five seconds, I could potentially be the solution to my own problem.
1: Well, and I've shared this story before when back in the day, you know, I have a problem being prompt. Mike will tell you that that's a major problem of
0: mine. Actually, tonight I was late too. But the, this, I give you like a 20 minute buffer. It's like yeah. whenever you say you're going to, no, that's, that's no, too much. Maybe, no, no, he, no. He does. He does. No, it,
1: it's true. I, I am not. I mean, maybe I like being the life of a party. I don't know. But, you
0: know, fashionably late. <laughs>
1: fashionably late. But back in the day, I remember somebody called me out on it. And because I would go like, oh man, the traffic was crazy. They're like, Orlando, if you know the traffic is always going to hit or you know you have these stoplights, if you left five minutes earlier, you'd be fine. Right. And how many times are we willing to blame? I I am willing to blame everything else instead of just recognizing, no, it's me. Right. And and that's the hardest part about some of these is that you have to be self-reflective and take a look at, okay, what am I needing to change? Uh, But change takes courage and you have to be brave. Now, I think this is a great intro into uh, chapter two, kind of. So I looked at chapter two and, and as now I'm in my 40s. And I'm rebuilding my life. Not that my life was all crazy, but, you know, um, I was married at some point in time and I was in a career that I thought I was going to be in until my dying day. Um, actually, the school I th- I was at was the only place I ever worked at in my adult life. And I actually thought I was going to be buried out like I'm, you know, in the baseball field or something. Right. I mean, that was that's all I thought I was going to do. Well, hey, you know, uh, two years later, I have none of that. Right. And. But here's what's been encouraging. What I'm noticing now is there's this trend that like no matter where you're at, you can always restart your life. Right. And growing up, I always believed that like by, by the time you're 20 ish, like you should have it all together. Like you should be married. You should have, be ha- working on having kids. You should, your career should be set. And by your the 30, by your thirties, you're done. And by your forties, you're like in this, the highlight of your life. Right. That's always the pattern I always understood it to be, but more and more, I'm recognizing that that's not always the case for everybody, right? And this was encouraging to me. I mean, not that her married her life was in shambles, but <laughs> it was a reminder because I know there's many of you that are reselling right now because you've been put in a predicament you didn't want. Whether it's you got sick, you're injured, you had some life scenarios that played out where you couldn't, you know, work anymore, or you had to pick up reselling as a side hustle, whatever it is. You're trying to rebuild a part of your life or all of your life. And you know, she starts off chapter two says this all started in 2009. I was 41 years old and facing some major problems of money, work, and in my marriage. And then she skips a little bit later and says that was for me for months. I felt so overwhelmed by the problem and that I could barely get out of bed. When the alarm rang at 6 AM, I would lie there and think about the day ahead, the lien on the house, the negative account balance, my failed career, how much I resented my husband. And then I would hit the snooze button. Not once, but over and over again, and I think about i'm I've been there, I'm sometimes there mm-hmm. <laughs> this button and I we're we're good friends, yeah, but I hope this is encouraging as you read this to understand that you know if you're twenty five or you're thirty you're forty or you're fifty and I'm not trying to be a motivational speaker okay at all, but i I'm seeing this more and more now that I'm forty and I'm in that scenario I never asked for the situation that I'm in, but I'm rebuilding and you know what? I'm not the only one rebuilding. If there are others that have been able to make it happen, they're not any more special than you are. The only difference is they made certain choices that pushed them that, you know, we're going to talk about in this book.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, You know, I love everything you say there, especially with the idea of, of, of rebuilding, you know, like, we've all been there to some extent or another, right? Like we've all been whether it's a small area of your life or a bigger area. And if you've been lucky enough or blessed enough in your life, or you haven't had major setbacks come, like they're going to come in one way or another mm-hmm. and react, how you react to them and how you overcome that really says more about your character than anything else. Right. And so, um, reselling has been such a great opportunity. And I know for our listeners, all of those that are reselling. Um, and so it's great to see like, it's easy to escape. It's easy to find things to try and escape, but usually it ends up being this negative cycle, right? Like she even talks about she would, she would drink so she wasn't having to deal with it. And then she'd go to bed because at least when she was sleeping, she wasn't facing her real life and the dreams were better than real life. And then she'd wake up and realize nothing's changed. And so she gets worse and then it makes the next morning worse, right? And so it's easy for us to get in these negative cycles. And it's amazing to think like a small thing, like not hitting the snooze button. I know I mentioned before in an episode, of the idea of don't set your alarm, knowing you're gonna hit the snooze button. And I do this all the time. Sometimes I'll purposely set it 10 minutes earlier. It's like, I just wanna hit snooze once, right? But you're you're almost lying to yourself. You're you're Mm -hmm. telling, the first decision you make in the morning is you're saying the the thing that I told myself I was gonna do, I'm not even gonna keep my own word to myself, right? And then that makes you feel bad about yourself. Like what does your word mean if you can't even keep your word to yourself? Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that's why this is so great. I mean, she says, um, in hindsight, and this talking about how difficult life was, I can see that it was just easier to feel sorry for myself and blame Chris and his struggle, struggling business than to take a look in the mirror and pull myself together. And then later she says, I knew what I should or could be doing to make things better, but I couldn't make myself do those things. And I think that's probably true of all of our listeners and us. Usually, you know, like a lot of times you don't need somebody to come in and say like, do this thing, this thing, this thing and your life will be better. A lot of times we know, like, you know what? I do need to just get up and actually put in the job application. I need to go to the gym. I need to get out and source. I need to list that death pile that's sitting there, right? And we know the things we need to do. And oftentimes it's just so hard to do those things. And so I think what makes this rule so good is it doesn't, it assumes already that we know what we should be doing Mm because usually we do. But it also assumes that those things are the things we fight the most against. And so this five, four, three, two, one, go, right, is... The moment you have the decision, if you let yourself think about it, like, I know I need to list that stuff. Oh man, like I, I've got to get that stuff done, but you know, there's so much of it. I got to get things set up and the kids are, and the more you start thinking and talking to yourself, you're going to talk yourself out of it. But if you're like, man, I need to get that stuff listed, when I'm sitting on the couch watching Netflix, five, four, three, two, one, you're standing up. Like, don't let yourself, don't, don't give your t- yourself the time to think through it, right? Cause you can always rationalize. And I always tell myself, like, especially going back to the idea of the snooze button, I don't trust morning mic that's like my like a little saying i have don't trust morning mike because <laughs> morning mike makes terrible decisions right before i go to bed i'm like okay i've got my gym bag ready i've got my my shoes laid out by the end of the bed like everything's ready for morning me to go mike. in the morning right you know but morning mike when i wake up i'll make the dumbest decisions like you know what like if i were i could i could wait 15 more minutes of sleeping and it won't get me to the gym late i'll just get i'll get ready faster and then i make another bad decision next thing you know i've woken up too late to go to the gym and it's like why did I possibly think that I could sleep another half hour and still make it to the gym and then work on time? Like, there's no way that that doesn't even logically make sense. But Morning Mike doesn't know that, so like, I tell myself like, <laughs> n- nighttime Mike knows what he's talking about. Morning Mike doesn't, so whatever he tells me, don't listen to it. And I think the five, four, three, two, one is just a great like. I already told myself last night what I'm doing. I had more since then.
1: Uh, no, this is good. I, know, I, it, I see what you're saying. It's
0: like the same thing with people who you know go to go to parties and drink. It's like when you're sober, give your keys to your friend then. Right, don't wait until you're intoxicated to try and make those decisions because you can't trust yourself then. But you can trust yourself, and if you already know what you're supposed to do ahead of time, that's where the five, four, three, two, one comes in. It's like I've already made this decision a long time ago. Now I just need to do it. That's good.
1: That's really good. All right, we're done with the podcast. A, you know, be real, Mic be drop. relevant, reselling. All right, no. Hey, the other thing that I found in, it's funny because I see things, I see encouragement in the terrible scenarios she lays out mm. <laughs> in the sense that. On page 30 to 31 on the hardcover book, I mean, she had a lot going on. I mean, she went from, she became a criminal defense lawyer. Then she moved with her husband to get an MBA. And then when she did that, she didn't know what to do. And she had a life coach. And then she decided she wanted to be a life coach. Then she got picked up by CNBC. Then she had a pilot for a show. And then that show didn't even happen. Right? So you think about all that, like... I I sometimes I I don't for every reason growing up I always thought that life was like a a, a one trick pony like you had that one shot and that's all you could mm-hmm. do right and now that I'm in my 40s and doing reselling and we're doing the podcast I'm like no there's a lot more you can do so what this tells me is like keep going like keep yourself with options and understanding mean, maybe even re and I hate saying this because we're a reselling podcast but maybe reselling isn't your thing either right? I I don't see how that can be. I think reselling is pretty black and white. But if it's something that you, for a while, were all hyped about, and now you're kind of done, see why you're done. But if you're done, done, there's nothing wrong in going, hey, you know, I don't want to be full-time anymore. Or maybe I don't want to be part-time. I mean, I just had a friend of mine that, you know, I talked about that major haul that just said, you know what? I loved it. But once it became something that I had to constantly ship out items or I had to do this, I do that. I just, it wasn't, you know, something I cared for anymore. And so, that's something you need to think about, but understand that it's okay. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to change things. It's okay to move, because you know, look at Mel Robbins now. As Mike said, she has her own show, and and da da da. And so, right, things can change. So, forty-one. She was unemployed, in financial ruin, struggling with a drinking problem, and had zero confidence in her or her husband's ability to fix problems. That's a rough spot. All right, but then. She keeps talking about, so we're going to keep talking about how hard things are and <laughs> then we're going to get to the good part. But like you said, morning, <laughs> morning, Mike, I like how you put that. And I, I think it's, it's the same scenario. I think when you're in a good place, I think you need to remember what worked because when you're in a bad place, it's very hard to allow No, it's very easy to allow those tough circumstances to guide you and make things even more difficult. Right. Um, I kind of resonated on page uh, 33. Um, she talked about Have you ever noticed how the smallest things can feel so hard? Having heard from thousands of you, I know I'm not alone in this one. The list of hard things is surprisingly universal. It's kind of interesting. If you look down the list, it talked about speaking in a meeting, staying positive, making a decision, hitting send on emails, sticking to your plan, leaving the house, volunteering to go first, blocking an ex on social media, talking to someone you find attractive eating in moderation, saying no, da 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 And it's funny because I was thinking about this. And, uh, man, I'm being super real on this episode. <laughs> More real than I care to be. Uh, but I can resonate with this in the sense that I'll never forget um, when it was just me and my kids. And I remember the first few weeks having to take them to school and it's just me you know, raising them. And, man, making lunches in the morning was, like, brutal for me. And... I don't know why it just, it was like, I would only buy Lunchables. I only bought Lunchables because Lunchables are easy. You buy them, you know, at the store, slap them in the lunch, put in a couple of juices. You know, those of you that are parents know what I'm talking about. Those of you that have been through hard times and had to raise kids on your own. You know what I'm talking about. And then I remember the first day I was at, I was like, I'm going to make my kid a sandwich. I know this sounds crazy, but I know there's people out there that can resonate with what I'm saying. Or maybe they're not. Maybe it's just me. And I remember making that lunch and I'm going, I felt like I had, I made, I made a milestone. <laughs> I was actually, I felt like in control of what was happening where at that time, like everything was brutal, everything was tough. And so this is kind of, you know, resonates with the five second rule is that even those small steps. And I, and we talked about making your bed right in the other book that we read too, is that those small things Even though they may seem like Mike might be listening, going, what? Making lunch? Come on. Like, right. And but Mike gets me. I mean, Mike and I are good friends, but there might be somebody else that's listening, going, I have no idea. But there's some of you that understand. And it's that five seconds, right? That decision that can can encourage you, that can help you move forward, even if it's the most minute things. But if it's something that has been a dread to you for so long and you take action on it, it can definitely change things for you. Right. And so, and I'll I'll give the mic back to Mike. Uh, On page 34, she says, five seconds was all it took for me to talk myself out of it. Right. that's There's the other side of it. That in those five seconds to make that call, to make that small decision that can make things better, you can also move out of it. Right. And so you end up in this, what she called a closed loop behavior, which I a pattern. I never heard about that, Mm -hmm. but it makes sense to me. She said, you know, she was talking about struggling to wake up in the morning. And she said, I had hit the snooze button so many mornings in a row. The behavior is now a closed loop pattern encoded in my brain. Yeah, That's huge.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's great that we have, you know, neuroplasticity to an extent where you can, you can change patterns, right? Like you can take something that was a bad habit and replace it with a good habit. And, and, and it's difficult though, because those, those patterns you make in your brain They do, they last, those connections last. Now, those connections start to fade if you stop doing that bad habit. But the problem is that pathway that exists is still there. It might not be being traveled as much because you're not like constantly connecting it. However, it's still there. So it's so much easier to fall back into a bad habit, right? But the same can be true for building good habits, right? The more often that you don't hit snooze and get up, the easier it is to continue doing that, right? Like you get that momentum going and you can start to replace bad habits with good habits. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, making those five second decisions is really great. I mean, what she says here is great because I mean, she she uses the like I said the word feeling sometimes in a few different ways in this book. Um, But but I think for the most part, what I understand is there's a difference she has between your gut instinct and like knowledge about something, your wisdom, sometimes she calls it versus like feelings and emotions and she says that oftentimes feelings and emotions get in the way. And she says here that morning, that very first morning when she told herself she was going to get up, that the alarm went off. She remembered the rocket launch. She said she felt stupid. She goes, but I did something i never done before. I ignored how I felt. I didn't think I did what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. All right. And so there is a place in the time. And, and, and we talk about this a lot where like you lean a little bit more towards like, um, like using emotions to like guide decisions. I lean more towards like just logic. But the problem is even your logic sometimes can be influenced by your emotions and your emotions can be influenced by your logic. So you have to find that like the thing that needs to be done needs to be decided with proper logic and understanding. But oftentimes that thing that needs to be done is the thing you don't feel like doing. And so when you recognize that there are times when you do have to absolutely ignore your feelings, because when it comes to going to the gym, when it comes to do I eat the carrot or do I eat the donut? When it comes to do I list this stuff in 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 the room or do I you know watch another YouTube video? A lot of times you've got to ignore what you feel, and in that five seconds you make that decision, um, and and it starts to change. And one of the things I like about this book is it goes from something so simple as waking up when your alarm goes off five four three two one you stand up to how does that actually not just Become a rule that you use in situations. Do I talk up at work? Five, four, three, two, one. Up. Oh, I've got an idea or whatever it is, but it actually starts to build that habit, that that pathway of I've got courage. I trust myself. I'm going to do what's right when I know it needs to be done. And you might get to a place. I mean, it doesn't seem like she, she never like actually says like you can graduate from the five second rule, but I can imagine you can get to a place where you develop enough habits where you don't have to five, four, three, two, one out of bed anymore.
1: Okay. Well, you know that's a great point, point. and there's something else I wanted to touch on, but. With everything that we've read, it's, it's like habit building in the sense that eventually things become a natural part of who you are, right? So we've talked about like in the la- our last book, Never Split the Difference, how some of the things are really hard to do, right? Like we could read it and we can do the process, but you have to be super intentional. Right. Because some of the stuff doesn't come natural to you. But there comes a point where it is natural to you. It just takes consistent application of that principle. And the same thing with five second rule. I'm sure, you know, and maybe she does still to this day. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't even think the five seconds anymore. Right. It's kind of intrinsic in them already. It goes straight from thought to action. Yeah. It's no longer this five, four, three, two, one. But we all need to start somewhere. Right. I need to start somewhere. And so. You know, she talks about moving on, to cha- are you ready to move on to chapter three? Yeah.
0: We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Okay. In chapter three, she
1: says, in the very first page of that chapter, says, I discovered that the rule is, parentheses, in the language of habit research, a starting ritual that activates the prefrontal cortex, helping to change your behavior. Right? And so... Everything we're saying here is that, you know, not every scenario, you have to go like five, four, three, two, one. But in the very beginning, right, you may need to do that. And just the simple thing of getting up early in the morning, because I know a lot of myself, and I'll share this later, is that as a reseller, I am prone to being a night owl and not getting up early in the morning because I don't have to. Right. But I do, I have been recognizing that I do lose a lot of time. I, I saw somebody, I forget who it was on social media, I had posted something and said something to the effect like if you're always saying you don't have enough time in the day, you should check when you're waking up. And I thought, it's a good point.
0: Yeah. Right. Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger has this really funny uh uh quote Arnold. that yeah, he he mentioned at one point like you, you have to sleep six hours. And we've talked about like the six hour sleep, and, and I know scientifically, like some people can more easily than others. Some people physically need more sleep, like in order for their body to process and, and work well. But, um, you know, without any science, speaking on the authority that that he had as just a bodybuilder, um, he made a comment, like you can't get everything done and if you're sleeping more than six hours and, he's, and he says, people will say, Arnold, like, what if I need more than six hours? He says, well then sleep faster, right? And that's kind of like his, <laughs> fun, you know, and it's just, it, it's such a funny concept, but I mean, you know, there's definitely times where I've thought that. And and then going back to like, Hey, wait, wait, sleep faster is, is just a pun. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's kind of silly, but the idea is like, you, you say you need more sleep, like just make it more efficient, right? Like just get your six hours of sleep. Like, like, I mean, obviously it, it doesn't really work, but it's that, that idea of like the performance, right? Like just, just do it, just make it the best six hours of sleep and then quit whining about it and go on with your life. Right. Okay. Like,
1: all right, you know, right. so,
0: I mean, it's obviously you can't, you can't sleep six hours faster or slower, but I mean, you get the concept there, right? There's this like underlying like mindset behind it of like, just do. Uh, But one of the things that I like about this is going back to that idea of thought is she mentions that we know what's right. We know the right thing to do. But she says this, if I stopped to think about what I knew I needed to do, I was toast. It took less than five seconds, excuse me, for excuses to flood my mind and for my own brain to stop me. So oftentimes we have that discussion with ourselves, right? Like in our own mind, we're going all right, I know I need to do this thing. So it's not even like, you shouldn't be trying to talk yourself into something. Like if you already know the thing you should be doing, you're not going to be able to convince yourself by talking yourself into it. Or maybe you can at times, but if you allow yourself that you're, you're, you're also giving your, your mind the opportunity to avoid problems, right? Which is what your brain is trying to do always. And so if you can avoid it, you're going to. And so instead of having that conversation, if you already know, like, I know I should do this, don't have the conversation with yourself. Do the five, four, three, two, one and act because you can try and like, all right, now let me do the pros and cons. Let me like. Let me talk, I'll convince myself I need to call my brother back or I need to, to send this email or whatever it is. The more you think about it, just do it. Like if, if that's the thing you need to do, just pick up the phone right then and make the phone call, right?
1: It's so true. I mean, and what happens if you don't do that, you don't do it. Yep. I mean, I, I can tell you, I've had this, I've had multiple scenarios this week where you know, she talked about having to call creditors. I didn't have to call creditors, but I had, you know, I had some warranties I had to follow up on, which I always feel is a waste of time. Or I had other scenarios. And it was kind of like, I remember going, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. I'm just going to do it right now. Right. And it's kind of like when you promise somebody you're going to do something, if you're able to do it at that moment in time, just do it at that moment in time. Right. Because chances are the longer you wait, the less that you're going to do it. Mm. Right. All right. So, there's a, there's a few things here that, I, you know, a lot of this is is kind of, it's not that it's, it's tough, but it, it's one of those that you're going to have to constantly be doing, right? Because you had talked about, you know, in previous episodes about discipline, that discipline is important. And I think you and I kind of disagree a little bit. I'm very big on motivation.
0: But right? every single book we've read so far has, has pointed to discipline. Has it? Yeah. I don't know. All right. Even this one. Okay. So at the bottom. Even, even this one where it says... I don't know when we all bought into the idea that in order to change, you must feel eager or feel motivated to act. It's complete garbage. The See, moment it's that, time to no. assert yourself, you will not feel motivated. In fact, you won't feel like doing anything else. Let's go back to the waking up. Though. I think motivation moves you to do something. Discipline keeps that momentum. Maybe, but here's the thing. So for instance, if it comes to waking up, right? You're, you have a goal. Like I think sometimes when we talk about motivation, like we're thinking different levels. So like mm-hmm. your goal might be, I want to be healthy so that I live longer and have a healthier life with my kids, right? And I can be Mm -hmm, more active. mm -hmm. So because that's my motivation, I know I need to go to the gym, right? Now, when you wake up in the morning and it's five o'clock in the morning and it's cold outside and your bed is warm, that's when you don't feel motivated, right? Like that's when, so yeah, when you're thinking macro level, you're thinking, okay, I have a goal. That's your motivation. But In those individual decisions, you don't make your individual decisions on when you wake up, do I feel motivated to go to the gym today? No, you wake up and you five, four, three, two, one, or you just say, like, I don't care what I feel. If I feel in this moment like going, I know that's the thing I need to do because my goal is this. Your motivation is your kids, right? Your motivation. So those things I I understand when you say those your motivations, but in individual actions, you usually don't feel like doing the right thing.
1: Right? Like, no, I agree. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I just, I think in order for you to tackle something, there has to be something outside of you that you're motivated towards. I mean, not an outside of you, but there has to be something driving. Like I, I don't, if I can't, I, I don't know. And I can speak for just out of my own experience that in the times of my life where I haven't really cared about something, but people are like, you gotta be disciplined. I'm like, ah, okay. And I'll do it. And then it only fizzles out. Like I'm done. If I start off with the right combination of like, Hey, I really want to do this. Like I'm determined to do this. It'll fizzle out when I don't apply discipline when the motivation goes away.
0: I think, I think we're saying the same thing. You think so? Yeah. Because like I said, like going back to that, that analogy of like if you, if you're going to get healthy so that you can have an active life with your kids and, and be able to, you know, go to sports events with them when they're, you know, teenagers or whatever it is, that might be your ultimate motivation. But every morning when you get up, like when you're waking up and your alarm clock's going off, you're not sitting there thinking like, all right, my kids, are going to be in high school. And they're like, that might be that, like that's your big goal, but it's daily discipline that lets you get there. So yeah, like nobody's just going to say like, you know what, I'm going to get disciplined to get in shape if you don't have a, like a desire to do it. So like, there has to be a reason to get you started but motivation isn't the thing that like make helps you make the right decisions in life.
1: Yeah, possibly. I mean, I would say I would, you know, I'm looking at career choices. You know, one of the reasons I'm doing what I do now is because there came a point in time where I loved what I was, I loved what I was doing, but over time, like no matter how hard I determined to keep doing what I was doing, it just wasn't there anymore. Like it was time for me to switch. It was time for me to change gears. And I know a lot of people that, You know, they, they do everything and they try to keep themselves motivated, but man, if they don't care about something, they just don't care and they're miserable. And I'd rather have somebody be motivated and be happy than be miserable and be disciplined. Just to me, it's, it's, I I don't know, after (laughs) being alive 40 years, I would say there'd be a lot of things in life I would have just walked away from instead of letting discipline keep me in in a certain place where I just should have broken out of it. That's all.
0: Yeah, but then it, I, I think again though that comes down to because, like I said, I think we're saying the same things, okay. but we're just we're the the syntax or the semantics we're we're kind of arguing over is <laughs> is like okay, so if yeah, if you're miserable somewhere, you're probably not motivated to like that's not your desire. Like I want to I want to move in this company. Like if that's your goal, then yeah, you're gonna have the discipline to do it. But if your motivation is I need to provide for my kids, then you know, it's gonna take discipline at times to do the things you don't want to do, like maybe go to a job you don't like. Right. And so I mean, I think if you're making happiness your ultimate goal, that's a little different. But like motivations are all kinds of things, right? Like motivation is I need to no, pay the a bills. Good I need that's to a good point, but it's discipline. So like your motivation is I need to be able to pay the creditor or I need to be able to pay whatever. But like when you wake up in the morning, you go to work, you're not like, all right, I'm so excited to like make the money to pay off the creditor. Like, I'm that's why I'm I gonna think- get there early. But like it's discipline, like. All right, I'm going to save money. I'm going to budget. I'm going to... So discipline is the thing that that makes no, you No, make and that's right. all
1: true. I mean, I, I became debt-free as a result of discipline, right? But I was motivated because I was so tired of being in debt.
0: Right. And right? That, that's why I mean, like, motivation is like your long-term, like, here's the thing that's going to get me started. But in day-to-day decisions, it's discipline.
1: Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. And so part of that discipline, <laughs> and I don't like that word. All right, um, on <laughs> page 44. Why don't you like discipline? I don't know. I mean... I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. All right. Anyways, on page 44, she says the rule doesn't make these things easy. It makes them happen. And that's why I describe that as a tool. That was a pretty powerful statement to me because it's discipline, right? Because the rule, you know, removes motivation, removes desire, removes any of that. It's like, take action. You got to take action. You have five seconds take action. There are no choices. Like you're going to make it happen. Right. And so, that's super powerful. I mean, this this is I actually started applying this little by little throughout the day Today, day things I didn't want to do. I'm like, I'm just going to get up and do it right now. I didn't count the five seconds. Maybe I should have. But yeah, I mean, you got to try it. You got to try it at least for the. Uh, for oh, the we're going to try. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. So a little bit later. Uh, let's see. I, on what, what do you think about the statement when she says I only mentioned the five second rule at the very end of the speech and I barely even explain it. She's talking about the 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 TEDx talk that she had. What happened next was crazy. The talk went viral. Millions of people watched it online and that's not all. They started writing. I mean, I'm asking rhetorically because, you know, sometimes we're working hard and we're working hard and we're working hard and we're like, I'm not getting anywhere, right? But I always tell people, like, you should stay motivated because you never know, right? Whether it's reselling, whether it's creating content, whether it's, you know, you're at a certain workplace, like being diligent eventually, and it's not a guarantee, but chances are that most people that have made it to the next level or arrived
0: somewhere, it's because they were being consistent. They were disciplined. Yeah, well, consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in what your definition of discipline is.
1: D- discipline basically means is is doing something you don't want to do because you know you're supposed to do it.
0: No, um, I mean that's part of it, but I think discipline is just doing the right thing. Like you, you might want to do it. Like a bodybuilder, absolutely wants to be in the best shape possible to get on stage but they have to exercise discipline the whole time. That doesn't mean they like, I'm doing this thing that I absolutely hate. It's something they may love, but it's like, I can't eat this food. I have to eat this food. Exactly. So discipline isn't, I'm doing a negative thing because I have to. Discipline is I'm doing the thing I have to because it's good. Discipline, I don't think just means it's something I hate doing. Yeah. But that's what I think about. Just being real. I'm saying we can agree to disagree. It's okay. But I mean, I think we got to define our terms though. Cause like if that's what you mean by discipline, then you're saying it only means doing a negative thing. I see discipline as a negative thing. I mean, discipline is a good thing. Don't keep
1: me wrong. You have kids. You got to discipline your kids, right? We all have rules in life and we have to, you know, da, da da da. But ultimately, and I, you know, we should move on from here. All I'm saying is that if you really, really want to thrive in something, you have to be motivated to do it. Because if the only thing driving you to stay in something is the discipline to do it. I, I just think you burn out. I think you get tired of stuff. Motivation keeps those wheels moving.
0: Yeah, I think we're I think we're gonna Yeah, we're gonna agree to disagree. I know, but I uh, the only reason You're not I gonna don't win me over. The, well, it's not that I don't I'm trying to win you over it. I, I think that like it's a semantic issue here because I think motivation is like you're in goal. So I think you're using motivation to say like your goal. Motivation
1: but- pushes and ends it. Because in the end you find a satisfaction once you achieve that goal that you were motivated to go towards.
0: All right. Um I'll I'll accept your definition, but but I I I, I, I refuse to say discipline is only doing a bad thing. Like like if yeah, if you're using it in the sense of like, I'm disciplining my child, but if you're saying like I'm a disciplined person, I wake up and I go to the gym every day and I love going to the gym and there's mornings I don't want to go, but I go because so there's times when discipline lets you get to the thing you don't want to do or feel in the moment, but it's because you're, you're, you're being disciplined for a good thing. Like discipline doesn't mean it's a bad thing.
1: Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. All right. All right. And I, know, I, I, again, I don't believe discipline is a bad thing. No,
0: you said, well, no, not that it's a bad, I thing, just, but it means I, it's I, doing something you don't want to do.
1: Correct. And so. But that's what the five, four, three, two, one rule is. Is
0: five, four, three, two, one. Do the thing that that is
1: hard. No, that's what I'm saying. That's where I I disagree with her. I think motivation is a key component. I don't think motivation is garbage. I think motivation is important. I think it's very important. I know so many people that are miserable in their lives because all they've been told is you got to be disciplined. You got to be disciplined. You got to be disciplined. They've never been told, hey, do what you want. And because in the end, if you're doing what you want to do, you're going to thrive because you're going to enjoy it. And I think so many people are stuck in this mindset of like, I have to do this way. I have to be this. I have to do this. Da, da 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 Oh man, look at what this person thinks. I don't appear disciplined. I don't appear polished. And my thing is who cares? Who cares? You only have one life. Why are you going to waste your life trying to be this thing? Be who you want to be within the guidelines of whatever you believe. Okay. And move forward. Right. That's just my thoughts. Sorry. I get passionate about that because I'm in my forties now and I'm like, I'm done with all that, you know? All right. Let's go to action. Let's talk about action here. Page 52. It says as soon as you reach the one move, that's it. That's discipline. That's not motivation. That's discipline. But it's true. Like if, if you don't move at one, you're not going to do anything.
0: Okay. What, you agree? No. I, I agree, but okay, so setting your alarm. like When you say you want to go to bed, at, wake up at mm-hmm. a certain time, mm-hmm. you're doing it because you're motivated to get up at that time.
1: I'm motivated, yes. And and the five-second rule will make sure I follow through on it. I'm motivated to... It, look, so I'm, we're going to jump ahead. I'm going to do the wake-up challenge in this book. Because I find in my life right now, I'm a mess when it comes to getting up early in the morning. I'm a mess of taking care of things in the morning for my kids. I'm a mess with starting things early. Like it's, it's, and that's part of reselling life. You, you know, you're on your own boss, you're full time. Like I get up when I want, I drop my kids off at school. I go to bed for an hour or two. I lose half of the morning. Next thing I know, I'm dropping picking up my kids. And I'm like, where does the time go? So I re I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, I need to do this. So, you know, chapter eight, (laughs) we're jumping all the way ahead and we're not, we're not going to end things there. We're going to go back. But, you know, presents this idea of do this, do this for a while. Right. And she says that waking up early is going to be the thing that's going to move you even, it's going to move you forward in that direction. Right. So, so for me, yeah, I am motivated to do this five second challenge like if Mike were to tell me like, Orlando, for the sake of podcast, you need to do this and you need to show that this matters, I would buck completely against it. I wouldn't care. I'm like, no. But I myself was motivated when reading this book saying, you know, I want to do this. This so, is inspiring.
0: So the idea though now is, going back to the idea of discipline, when the alarm goes off in the morning- You are not to go that word, can you? Well, because I think it's important because, I mean, it is important to this whole concept. When you wake up in the morning, the whole idea is you're not going to feel- motivated to get up, otherwise you wouldn't have to use the five, four, three, two, one. So you have to be disciplined because it's something you're motivated to do. So motivation and discipline don't aren't mutually exclusive. You're disciplined to do the thing you're motivated to do. Okay. Right? Okay. You're right. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you that follow, never split the difference. You know exactly what I just did. Let us know in the comments below. What do you think about discipline? Is, 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 is only motivation the thing that is important? Um, or, or is motivation your goal and then your discipline to reach it? Let us know what you think. I don't want to lose any more listeners. We need to move
1: on. All right, page 53. This is important though. This we both agree on. Physical movement is the most important part of my rule too. Because when you move, your physiology changes and your mind follows. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's the idea of action. Like you, you make a move. Uh, she's going to talk later on about the kind of like almost like the law of inertia. Like it takes more energy to get something started than it takes to keep it going. Right. Same thing with the car. That's why you get worse gas mileage in the city is because it's the stop and go. Um, so the same amount of energy that you're pouring into something, if you're already moving, it, you can get further. Now you have to use a whole lot more to get started. So once you get started, it's easier to keep going. It's kind of like the whole eat the frog idea that we've talked mm-hmm. about. No, yeah, exactly right. It yeah. is. And so, you know, a lot of times, like I, when I, first thing I do when I get to work in the morning, I make a checklist of the things I need to do. I try to do like one or two hard things while I've got most of my like, you know, mental energy and reserves. Morning mic is in phase two. Yeah, now I've moved past morning mic to to master mic or super mic. <laughs> master or I don't know. Mike. Um So. But yeah, so it's then throughout the day, it's like, okay, check that off. All right, look, what's the next thing? If I don't make that checklist and start knocking things off the beginning of the day, then I get to the end of the day and I realize, man, I forgot this, I didn't do this, I didn't do this. I got busy and distracted. But the moment I start getting things checked off, I tell you what, by the time I'm halfway through the day, I'm more than halfway through my checklist. I'm like, sweet, can I add a couple things? Because I've got momentum and I'm moving and I'm, I'm every time I check a box, it's like, it's just that one more like, all right, I'm almost there, a little bit more, I keep going. Oh, I actually can add more. Maybe I can move this to this date because this thing is more important, and so that momentum keeps me going.
1: It's good. I mean, I, I, you need to take action. I will say the days I was most productive when I was in education and so on were the days that I had, you know, established a structure to keep moving, right? But I will say eventually it became natural, and I moved away from that. Things were good, but if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do, right? And that's what we're talking about here: the five second rule. Even though, you know, you might go like, why does it have to be five seconds? Well, it doesn't have to be five seconds. He t- she talks about you can make it three seconds, right? But essentially, it's this idea of something needs to get you moving and take action.
0: Yeah. And then, and then, uh, um, I mean, we're going a little out of order now, but I, I think yeah. enough of enough of this book is, is, is kind of repetitive that I feel like we could jump around a little bit as we're wrapping this up. But um, one of the things too is she makes this comment that you can't, you can't go up. You've got to go down. So whether you choose three seconds or five seconds, um, and and oh, probably great point. don't yeah. go over five seconds, but don't count up. Don't say, okay, well I'm just going to count from one to five because you can count to infinity, right? Like you can. I just think keep she going. had studies too, right? Yeah. So you the, can the say the brain thinks differently when you count down. Yeah, because there's an end point. Like you, you've told yourself. I mean, and and I'll give you an example of this. So I'm terrified of heights. I do not like heights. Um, my wife has done on our Trailer and Treasure podcast. She's done a couple of posts of her having to go up. It's pretty off- intense <laughs> when she's up there. I've, I remember the last I do story. I'm like, whoa, that looks crazy. It's 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 it is intense. So she'll go up on the top of our fifth wheel to like do some stuff because I'm I, I just physically can't do it. Like it's not I, I I if I were to go up there, I would I would get sick. I would like have you know vertigo. I would it would not be okay. Um, so she does a lot of that stuff because she has no fear of heights. Um, I make up for it by doing all the other hard physical labor stuff, you know, but, um, I was at a, a men's retreat with my church and they had a zip line. And I I told myself before I went like, I'm going to do this zip line. And I get there, I get all the stuff, harness, I like watch a couple of people do it and I climb up and I get hooked on. I'm like, try not to look down. I've got the vertigo going. And they're like, all right, just go ahead and just step off and just kind of like sit, like just the easiest way is just take a step and kind of just sit into it and go. And I'm like, Whew. and so like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. Wait, wait, okay. This is not too bad. Okay. I'm going to go. And this was before we started doing the, the five second rule, but I, I've already learned this concept. So I'm like, all right, ready, set, go. And I just went right. And so I already knew in my mind, like on go, I'm stepping, I'm not going to allow myself. And so when I said, ready, set, it's like, all right, the next thing I say, I'm going. And so th- it does create this thing of there's a deadline. You're not going to like, don't think about it anymore. You just do it because if I stand up there and I keep, all right, okay, now I'm going to go. Are on three, one, two, three. You know what I mean? Like, so the I love the idea of down because there's an end point. You're not one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and you can just keep going. You know, but you're like, now I'm going now. It's time. And so, you know, the countdown is more important and and actually the only effective way as opposed to a up. Right. So let's wrap up the first half
1: of the book, and then we'll get into our social media stuff. But uh, it says. That's a good point, though. I do like a zipline, man. That's pretty intense. I wish had, I saw a video of that. So she says at the end of chapter three before we go, actually, chapter four, before we get into the parts of the book, she says you can change your default mental settings and your habits one five second decision at a time. Those small decisions add up to major changes in who you are, what you feel and how you live. I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you, you, you have to have a macro mindset, but in the action on the day to day, you got to keep that micro mentality. I think it's super important. So, all right, before we move on, hey, if you haven't followed us on social media, we are on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. We are Pure Hustle Podcast. On Twitter, we are Pure Hustle Cast. If you want to give us a phone call, you can follow, find us at 619-738-1170, 619 you, 1170 A lot of you have left of voicemails and hopefully we'll get back to you. And you can also shoot us an email. We're trying to be better about that. So we apologize. We had one person that, you know, <laughs> we took a little bit too long to get back to you. Uh, podcast at gmail.com that's Purcell podcast at gmail.com if you're listening to the podcast and you want to see two bearded bald guys uh, debate live you can not live on video you can watch us on YouTube hit that subscribe button and that bell notification and thank you all for the incredible reviews we really really appreciate them uh, they've just <laughs> it's just been fun to read because you know sometimes you just don't know and so thank you guys we really appreciate because I know that takes some thought to write some of those and so we appreciate that and if you don't want to say thank you in a monetary way, there is a link below. We appreciate that. We also have our of Podcast shirts selling, though not for sale. <laughs> I think our margins are so slim. I don't think we could ever have a sale on our shirts. So anyways, appreciate all of you that have bought a shirt and support us. And thank you all. Okay. Everyday Courage. She starts with Chapter 5. And, you know, again, we shared this before. Like the stories in here, to me, are motivating. Right? Because they're from all kinds. Right? She shares stories about people that were musicians from people that wanted to do startups from people that, you know, decided that they wanted to change careers. I mean, whatever it is, there's a lot of movement, gives example of Rosa Parks, gives examples of MLK, really good stuff. So she says later on in that chapter on page 73 goes, I don't know if there's something you want to share before then maybe we have the same quote says these stories are real and they are just the tip of the iceberg. They highlight the struggle between our desire to change our lives and our fear of it. They also reveal the power that everyday courage has to transform everything. And that's what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about being courageous to make that push, right? Which is which is tough to do. I don't know. You have something to add to that?
0: No, I mean, I think that's right. And I think, um, I mean, she does say, um, let me pull back up at it. Um, Basically, the the she makes this comment. That the reason getting out of bed was so difficult is because it was scary. And it was scary because she didn't want to face her problems, right? And I think that's a lot of times the reason why we have a hard time making the those decisions we know we need to make. We know the right decision is to go to the gym. We know the right decision is to call that friend that you haven't called in a long time. We know, but the hard part is it's scary. It's scary because you're forced to face reality. Um, and And at one point she makes this comment that if you don't do something, you fail at it, but at least you can say in your head, well, I'm sure, you know, I could have got it right. But when you do it, you're faced with the reality. Um, I, I tell this to my students all the time. Their students who will turn stuff in or not complete stuff or just don't do it at all. And it's like, well, what if I get it wrong? And it's like, well, you got a zero, right? But at least in their head, they're thinking like, well, maybe I could have got it. Um, and, and the same is true. She, she's the perfect example of going to the gym. If I don't go to the gym, I can tell myself I'm probably in pretty good shape. <laughs> but the moment I go to the gym, I'm faced with reality. That so
1: That's such a good point.
0: right? And it's scary because I have to face reality of like, man, I'm out of shape. This is difficult. This is hard. And so making those decisions is tough. And it takes that courage because you're forced to face, you're forced to confront things that are scary because they're difficult. And because you might be told, like... Going and and getting the number from the person that you meet somewhere, right? It's hard because what if you get rejected? Whereas if you don't ask, at least you can think in your mind like, well, maybe they would have said, you know, you don't have to actually face that reality. The five, four, three, two, one, go forces you to face that reality, and maybe you'll be let down. But at least you know, right? And and it's that action, it's that push, and. Over time, it's that consistency that will let you get to where you need to be. Yeah, and we are we jumping into chapter six?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, so chapter five is about courage, but I really think chapter six has a lot of good things in there. And, you know, discuss, moving forward into those things that are the unknown, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, she has these two phrases, what if you're wrong, right? And it gives multiple examples. And, you know, one of the examples, I don't know if this is the same. Yeah, this is the the guy that wants to talk to this female across the restaurant who, and he's divorced or whatever. And he has two kids and he's like, "Well, oh, she's super attractive. Maybe she wants nothing to do with me. And and so she starts a chapter with that scenario. Mm. Like, is this guy going to take action? Right. Which I thought was going to have a different ending. Mm. Right? It was a little shocking to me, the ending, but it, I see her point. I think she did a really good job because, you know, she later talks about, you know, some of us don't move into action to do things because we're scared about what, what if we're wrong, right? What if it's not the scenario we want to play out? But then she goes like, so what? That I don't know. I, I resonate with that because so many times I think we don't do things because we're, I know myself, I don't do things because I'm so scared that what if I'm wrong? Right. I mean, I even think about our podcast. Like, what if, what if we were wrong? I mean, we, this podcast could have ended after episode five. Right. I I just, I remember. And if you watch our first two, like it's super awkward. Like Mike and I have talked about, maybe we need to have disclaimers at the beginning of our podcast. Like, Hey, just let you know, this is when we first started. We're trying to figure things out, but you know, I don't think Mike and I were, and I still don't think we're naturals in front of the camera or behind the mic, but speak for yourself. I'm a natural (laughs) on the camera. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but look at, but, this. Look at uh, this beard. <laughs> there you go.
1: But I, 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 if you even look at our first, um, I don't know why I have these, we have these cringy IGTV TV videos. That I did like two of them back in the day when we first started PHP. And uh, do you remember? Like we we've talked about this before. We did our first what is it? First four episodes, and we scratched, we destroyed. Like we don't even know what happened. We you deleted them, right?
0: Yeah, because it it was all garbage. Like the audio quality didn't. It didn't work.
1: Yeah, it yeah. didn't work. But we could have just ended the podcast right there. Right? We could have said, you know what? This is just isn't working. Like, we did all this work. And yeah, why are we going to do all this work? And no one cares now. And uh, we haven't arrived at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just thankful that you guys have stuck with us this far. Up to episode, you know, 127. But at the same time, like, I think you and I took a, so what? approach like we took an approach of like okay what if we're wrong what if what if well actually i think we were wrong we actually thought no one would listen to our podcast we thought maybe we would have a few hundred listens and you know because i remember the first week we were happy not the first week i remember the after a month and a half we were happy when we got a hundred listens in a week right Mm -hmm. we're like celebrating them sending you screenshots we're like yeah a hundred listens right but in the end you know And this is not to pat ourselves on the back, but I think Mike and I ourselves had to come out of a comfort zone and we had to decide that, hey, we're going to make this happen. And I, you know, a lot of you on social media, even starting an Instagram page, right, to connect with other resellers, like was a big deal for you. Right. And a lot of you are like, I don't know if people are going to care about me. I don't know if people are going to accept me. A lot of you have started YouTube channels and you were super scared, you know, in the beginning. And then over time you get better. And if you think about some of the resellers that are on YouTube right now, that if you watched, if you go back, go back to their like first videos, they're super awkward and cringy at times. But those people decided to say, you know what, what if I'm wrong, but who, who cares? So what? And they moved forward. Right. And that's the thing. It's not having any regrets. All right. Do you want to say something else? I have more to add. I thought this was a good chapter.
0: Yeah. I'm, um, I mean, she has a great point where she says life is already hard, yet we make it so much harder when we listen to our fears. We convince mm-hmm. ourselves to wait and we hold our greatest selves back. Um, and I think that's I think that's true. And and I think I mean I'm a big believer. I, I want to preface this with like this this can be, I feel, taken the wrong way of like, if you fear something, do it, because that's not always the right answer too. And then the same thing was <laughs> said in like, like that, yeah. you know, like the 10X rule and other stuff. I I think, or the if everything seems wrong, just do it. Yeah, and I think think there is a sense where like the logic is important, right? Like you need to make a plan when you're in your best mind of like, what is the outcome I wanna get? And then when the fears come up, if it's like, I wanna get a promotion at work and I know I need to start speaking up more, um, I want to present this idea, I want to, whatever it is, I wanna talk to my wife about getting counseling because things are getting really rough or whatever your situation is, you know, that's the right thing, but then it's the fears that come up that stop you from, from actually doing the thing you need to do. When it's your time to speak in the meeting, when, when it comes to actually having that difficult conversation, that's when the fears come in and that's when it's, you're making things harder. And like she says, life is already hard enough. And so don't add to it by allowing your fears. If you've already made the decision. Now, if you're just like, you haven't thought it through, you don't know what the right thing is to do. And of course there's split second decisions. Like she gives the, the example. if you're If you're, you know, hanging out somewhere and you see the girl and you want to go up and talk to her, you know, you might not have already thought through like everything, but you've probably are in a place where you're like, am I in a place where I can maybe pursue a relationship? Right, and if you've already come to that conclusion, then then what's holding me back from at least saying like, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, what's your story? We also offer dating advice on peers <laughs> podcast. podcast. But, but so, I mean, there is an element where you've thought it through, right? Like there's a certain element of like, this is the right thing. It'd be good for me to be in a relationship or it'd be good for me to do whatever then it's the fear in the moment that you don't need to let hold you back.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and and I, I love what she says here on page 82. She says, you may think you're protecting yourself from judgment, right? Rejection or upsetting someone. But when you make excuses and talk yourself into waiting, you're limiting your ability to make your dreams come true. And I think that's so true. I mean, think about all, how many times do you hear the story of like, Everybody was. And, you know, this is kind of going counter to what we just said a little bit. But How many times do you hear the story about everybody was telling me it was going to fail, like, don't do it. Or or at the same moment, like I, I just I really didn't want to, but I had to get uncomfortable and I had to move forward. And then it was a game changer. Right. So there's that scenario. And I think that's true, too. But I thought this was even more powerful. On page 83, she says, let me tell
0: you what really sucks being older and regretting that you never went for it. And, and then she says, the difference between people who make their dreams come true and those who don't, just one thing, the courage to start and the discipline to keep going. Hey, I, 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 meant, I said the same thing too. Anyways, all right. No, that's a good point. Good
1: point. All right. Now, let's go back to the story because we'll wrap up this chapter with the story. Story about the guy at the Hyatt Regency. Because I have my own story to relate. Can I? Can I relate a story like that?
0: Sure. We'd love to hear. Is, is it going to uh, be is it, dating stories? Is it,
1: I have no dating stories. <laughs> but I have awkward stories. No right. Okay. So, I you know, it, it, she's. Jeez. Oh now I'm like, why did I open my mouth? All right. So on page eighty five says, will it be Tom's heart that makes the decision or his head? Right. Talking about this, and then, you know, she never finishes the story. Right. She never says if anything happens.
0: Yeah. It specifically goes. And so Tom walked up to her and then, so what? Who cares? Right. Yeah, like, that's it. Like, boom, like you don't need to yeah. know the ending. And, and the important thing she says is that Tom had the courage to act like that was the more important thing than whatever she says. Right. She could say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm married. Or she could say, "Oh, I'm sorry, like whatever. Or she could become his soulmate. Right. Like the end of the story isn't what matters as much as he now had the, the courage to make to take action where as before he didn't. And just think about that in your daily life. If you can continually make the decisions you know you need to make, it almost doesn't matter how it turns out because you're becoming a better version of yourself, right? If you if you're learning to speak out against the injustice that you see or you're learning to be bold and make decisions that you should be making or you're you're actually being disciplined to make do the listings that you might not feel like doing in the moment, whatever it is, you're becoming a better version of yourself when you when you act regardless of those five extra listings equal more sales or not, you're going to be less likely to to procrastinate next time because you're changing who you are. You're literally changing the the physiological makeup of your brain as you are developing new neuropathways and potentially and hopefully starting to reduce some of the negative ones that you've built up over time.
1: Yeah, I think that's so good. I mean, I, I like how she phrases it later on on page 86. Notice that we desperately want an assurance that Tom got the girl. It makes for a great movie plot, but getting the girl isn't the point. Life isn't a Nicholas Sparks novel. Life is gritty and hard, and then suddenly it is brilliant and amazing. Wow. Like, that 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 spoke to me, because, you know, a lot of these books we've read, it, it's like, if you do A, you'll get to B, which you'll get to C. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, no, you're going to aim for B. You may not get to C, but getting to A and moving past A is what you're trying to do. Right? And I'm like, that's huge. And so... Talked about regret. So, you know, I kind of, I went through this scenario a little bit ago. I wanted to reconnect somebody from my past, like years ago, like 20, you know this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I always, I was always like, if I don't reconnect with this person, I'll never know. I'll never know. And so it was tough to, you know, if you're, you're trying to, you know, talk to somebody you haven't talked to in 20 years. You don't know anything. You just, I don't know, we're going to drop into somebody's life. So I did. And I went old school and I wrote a letter and I mailed this letter out and you know, a person could have been like, this is weird. Like, who is this person? And I did reconnect with this person, but guess what? Nothing happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, we had a few conversations. We still text every once in a while, but here's the thing. I have no regrets about doing that. The reason being is because I'm pretty sure 20 years from now would have been like, I wish I tried. I wish I had spoke to this person. And you know, I think it's the same thing as Tom. Like, I don't think it matters how the story ended. It's the fact that they took action. And I would say for myself, man, I remember going, you know, talking with Mike over all this and i going, I'm glad I did that because I would have been talking about this three years from now, four years from now, five years. From now. I would have had regret and I have no regrets. And the same thing as, you know, moving away and going into being a full time reseller. I have no regrets because I wanted to try this out. And right now it's doing well. Like, I'm glad I did it. The podcast, glad we did it. Many of you have taken those steps. So don't worry about, you know, what the result is, right? She says here, we are all all so afraid of uncertainties that we want to guarantee before we even try. Now, this isn't saying, you know, go crazy with your finances or do anything, you know, that's going to jeopardize, you know, your livelihood. But what it is saying is that you'll never know. And, you know, I sleep better a lot lot now. I mean, it's kind of sad it didn't work out. I really wish it did because this person was an awesome person. But in the end, I have no regrets about it. And I'm glad I took A, didn't make it to B, but I'm happy and I moved towards A. So anyways, that's my two cents on that.
0: All right. So chapter seven is all about um, kind of what we talked about and argued about earlier in the episode is you'll never feel like it. And the chapter is basically we allow ourselves to make decisions based off of feelings. Like scientifically, it's proven that more people make decisions based off of how they feel in the moment as opposed to what they know and actually is right for them, even though they know what's right for them. Um, and and she goes on, she says at one point, um, and this explains why change is hard. Logically, we know what we should do, but our feelings about doing it make our decisions for us. And she says, I've said it before and I'll say it again because it's so important. You aren't battling your ability to stick to a diet, execute a business plan, repair a broken marriage or rebuild your life hit your sales goal or win over bad managers, you are battling your feelings about doing it. You are more than capable of doing the work to change anything for the better, despite how you feel. You can't control how you feel, but you can always choose how you act. Right? So in a situation, it's like, and again, I think, I think when we use the word motivation and the reason why I would, I I lean away from it is because again, there's the idea of like, what is your why like and i think that that's often what 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 you're talking about when you say motivation is like um there's there's a great quote of you can do anything you can accomplish anything if you know your why you can, a person can go through the most difficult situations in life right like there's uh, i'm currently listening to the audiobook version of a Man's search for Meeting, which is from a uh, a psychologist who was in nazi germany concentration camps and he he explains all of the the psychological effects that this had on them, and the prisoners who were able to make it through. Um, and, and at one point even says like, all of us knew that the best of us didn't make it, because a lot of times, you know, people had to do some bad things to make it through. But he says, in, in reality, it was person after person who broke and fell apart is because they lost their why. But it was the people who had their why, that I'm doing this because when I get out of here, I'm going to see my family again, or I'm going to go, even if it's like, I don't even know if they're still alive, but they had a why or they're suffering. They could, A man can suffer through anything if they have their why, the reason why. Now, I think when you say motivation, a lot of times that's that's what you're saying is like, this is the thing that I know that I need. This is my purpose. This is the the thing I'm going for. But a lot of times in the moment, the feeling you have is like, but I don't want to do this thing that I know I should do that the scariness, the anxiety, that's when you're not motivated. When you're feeling the fears, you're not like, yeah, I'm gonna accomplish this. A lot of times it's like, oh, like this thing is holding me back. And that's where the, now I'm gonna act because I know my why, and I know what I need to do to get there. It's good. And and I kind of struggle a little
1: bit with this chapter and this, I mean, there's some good points, but I think she goes back and forth. You know, she talks about, you can't control how you feel, but you can always choose how you act. Right, But in other parts of the book, when you read the book, you'll notice that she talks about like, you got to go with what, like, you can't let your head direct what you're doing.
0: Yeah. You got to let your heart. And I think heart is tied into feelings, right? Yeah. But, but and that's where I've said it was a little confusing, but I think, and I think reading into it and kind of understanding the differences here, she says that instinct, she uses instinct where we would sometimes say like feelings. Sometimes we say like a gut feeling, but she says like emotions often dictate your mind or your actions you do. Whereas instinct is a more deeper part of your mind. It's wisdom. Mm-hmm. So instinct and wisdom, she connects. And then like a lot of times feelings and like thought are connected. So if if it's wisdom and instinct, which like wisdom is a deeper part of your mind, like what you know and the thought, and, and she even uses the idea of logically. So the wisdom is when you walk by the gym, she uses this example, when you walk by the gym and you see it, your mind goes, ooh, I really should start getting into shape. Right. She said, that's the thing you need to trust because it's the thing that's like, it's not like a like just a feeling because the feeling actually is, but I don't want to go in there and sweat. Mm-hmm. Right. But the instinct is my body and my mind knows what's right for me. Now, my feelings and my heart are going to be the things that push me away from that because it's going to be hard and okay. challenging. No,
1: that makes sense. I get that. Now, here's the re- to me, the real practical part of the entire <laughs> everything we've just talked about mm-hmm. is this one phrase right here. And this is how we started the podcast. The counting interrupts her normal pattern of behavior, distracts her from fears and creates a moment of deliberate action. And that's why you have to do the countdown, right? And we we had a perfect example of how Mike threw me off with the countdown at the beginning of of the podcast is that in order for this to move forward, like this is the most practical part about it, right? Making that countdown. Now she does follow up with some good things here. talks about how confidence is a skill that you build through action. I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of you, especially when we talk about never split the difference, a lot of you had you know, DM'd us and, and said, hey, I really struggle with this because it takes me out of my comfort zone. But the more I do this, the better I'm at it, the more confident I feel. And so if you're struggling with confidence or confidence isn't something that happens overnight, it's like putting yourself out there, right, over and over and over and over again, that eventually, you know, confidence, just it's just who you are. Right now, it doesn't now I will say there are some people that are charismatic from the beginning. Right? And there's other people that are very introverted that it takes a lot to get to that charismatic point. Right? Or you maybe you don't want to be charismatic. You don't want to have charisma, right? But in the end if that's something you're aiming for, it's just going to take action. It's just going to take you doing it. All right. Let's
0: get to the application here. All right. How we're going to make this happen here's here. This is our challenge. This is our challenge to you listeners. Um, challenge to me. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge to all of us, right? Like I've been I've been doing this for the last several days just because, you know, I want to actually put into practice um, you know, what we're talking about. And I, I think I started reading it a little bit before you did. So, and I I think I you already knew the concept because we had talked about it before, but there's been enough time that I've I've heard her story that, you know, the five, four, three, two, one was nothing new to me. Mm-hmm. But it is amazing how well it works. So I'm excited to hear how it works for you. But this the the challenge is, and this is a great one, a, a good practical one, is Tomorrow morning, whenever you're listening to this, tomorrow morning, set your alarm clock for 30 minutes earlier than you normally wake up and wake up and five, four, three, two, one and get out of bed. Because what you're doing is you're automatically accomplishing the very first, just think about this, the very first thing you do, kind of even going back to make your bed, the very first decision you make during that day is going to be a decision that is a positive one moving you forward. You've made a goal and you kept it. And that momentum will help you keep going. And so do it. You can't say no if you wake up in the morning and you don't do the five, four, three, two, one, it's an easy fail. Like sometimes some things are harder. It's like, okay, like your challenge is like um, get a no at some point during the week, right? That's a difficult one because you can put it off. You can put it off, but this one is so cut and dry. Next time you wake up half hour early, five, four, three, two, one, get up. Either you fail or you succeed.
1: I'm going to get awkward with all of you. We're going to do this Monday morning, 6am Instagram story every single morning until the next level up review within 30 seconds of it being 6 a.m. I better be posting a story.
0: Wow. Like all disheveled from. Uh, and- well,
1: I'm bald. So that can only, my beard might get a little rough. My eyebrows. You still but, got the sleepies in your eyes. Whatever it is. But within 30 seconds, I mean, I have to, you know, so tag us, tag us 6 a.m. Looking rough. I know a lot of you wait, go to bed beautiful and you wake up beautiful. 6 a.m., man. You're sleeping in. No, for me, that... Okay, I get up at 6.30 a.m. Because that's when I have to get my kids and ready for school and da-da-da. So, we talked about 30 minutes earlier. 30
0: minutes earlier for me is 6 a.m. 6 a.m. So, so by 6 a.m. and 30 seconds... Correct. ...you're on Instagram. Boom. Correct. All right. So Now,
1: it might be, you know, it might be 6.01, okay? No,
0: no, 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 no. No, I'll no, put no, the tag... No, 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 no.
1: Hey, who knows? You know, we all have families, but I'm not. You know, something might happen. I got to take care alri- of my kids. Now
0: you can't already put. All right, all right, you know, right. if you're already putting right. uh, putting stipulations on it, you're giving yourself an out. I think that's one of the things about the five, four, three, two, one. All right, you're being. Yeah, that's, fair, that's it, fair. Don't give yourself an out. And of course, like if you go to wake up in the morning and your house is flooding, right? Like, there's gonna be outs, right? If there was a fire and you didn't get to sleep and you had to move to a hotel, like there's things, but don't plan for them ahead of time. Just I'm getting up. Here's my time. Don't give yourself. All right, help. so six a.m. and maybe it's
1: only going to be one of you that tags us. Maybe it's going to be a thousand of you. I have no idea, but we're going to make this happen. So we have our. What level- should
0: they put in there? Five, four, three, two, one. I'm up.
1: Yeah, just tag, just tag Pure as a podcast. Make sure you put a timestamp. You have to put a timestamp. But what if they get up at different times? Well, yeah, but on your Instagram story, it's gonna put the time. Like, if you get up at six a.m. on the East Coast, then just tag, just put the six a.m. time on your IG story.
0: But, but, so you want them to tag us at
1: six a.m.? Yeah, when they get up, when then the first thirty. Well, no, yeah, yeah. You're I assuming you're they're getting up okay, at okay. six a.m. All right, whatever your thirty minutes earlier time is, that's the time you tag. Okay, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah, because some people get up at four in the morning. Yeah,
0: 345.
1: three forty-five. Three forty-five. Ouch. How do you do that, Mike? Yeah. How do you do it?
0: It's rough. It is rough. Speaking of which, not only was I up at that time this morning, but I was on a bus for almost eight hours today for a work trip and then at a, at a convention for six hours. So, whew. but you know what? Five, four, three, two, one. I'm up. I'm getting ready. I'm out at the door. Things are happening. Moving. Ruben. Right. So I am at 6 a.m. in 30 seconds
1: going to get on Instagram a story. I'm going to look rough. My apologies. Uh, you know, this. I don't always get my beauty sleep and my goatee doesn't perfectly comb itself in the morning. So we'll see what happens. But, hey, we're going to be real. real More real than we've ever been. Yeah. So, all right. There we go. It's out there. It's on the podcast. It's been dropped. I have no choice. It's happening. So and it's going to be two straight weeks of this. Wow. Oh, it's going to be rough. And then you may end up having to eat a ghost pepper, too. No, 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 no. I, I'm getting my listens going. All right. Anyways. So. I know we skipped a lot on chapter eight, but basically her argument is that the wake up challenge. I'll, I'll put it right here. It says the challenge is straightforward. It's just you, the alarm clock, and five, four, three, two, one. If you fail, it's because you made a decision to blow off this five second rule, right? And then she says later on, a couple pages after, if you can't get yourself out of bed, then you'll never be able to pursue all of the other changes that you want to change in your, or make in your life, and that's why this wake up challenge is a big deal. So hey. Why not try this out? Right? Join me. Be rough, 6 a.m. or whenever you get up, 30 minutes earlier than your normal time, and let's make this happen. I like it. You ready? Yeah. All right. With that being said, wake up at whenever you get up, 30 minutes before, be real, be relevant, and be reselling. please. Please.